Hi, this is Dave Coulier, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Okay, let's rewind. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape reporter. Coming up, it's Joe List. I mean, I'm on the road, like, a lot of the time, but when I'm in New York, I run around. Like, tonight I have four sets. I'm running on the cellar and New York Comedy Club and the stand. So yeah, definitely hustling when I'm here, for sure. Great chat with Joe List, as always. I uh, haven't spoken to him in a couple of years, actually, but he's still plugging away and doing great. We're going to hear more from him in just a few minutes. we got a song of the week coming up from Stray Cats. How about that? And let me see. We're going to do, of course, uh, since it's still summer rerun season, we're going to reach into the archives and pull out, well, some kind of a dumb bit. Here we go, just at random. Here it is. This is Dan Buckles interrupting this program. Dateline, walk. Washington, D.C. The recording industry has submitted a request to the Senate Judiciary Committee to add a new layer of protection to the copyright laws. For more, we go live to Matt Stringer in the nation's capital, Matt. Thank you, Dad. I'm here with RIAA spokesperson Bob Hordbacker. Bob, what kind of protection does the recording industry now seek? Well, Matt, as you know, we have successfully gone after people who illegally copy CDs and people who share music files over the Internet. And speaking of the Internet, we have also been able to cripple Internet radio broadcasts by imposing exorbitant fees on those operations. And so, what's next? Our first step is to ask for royalties to be paid when a song gets stuck in your head. I'm not sure I follow. Let's say you go over to a friend's house and he has a stereo on. You hear a catchy tune. The next day you're at work and you find that that song is stuck in your head. You keep singing it over and over to yourself and then whistling the melody. I think that's happened to a lot of people. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that song is being used. We feel illegally. Uh, How's that? The song is stuck in your head. You're singing it, enjoying it, but you haven't paid for it. You're getting something for nothing, and the artist, the publisher especially, and for God's sake, the record company. Record companies are suffering. Oh, really? And we'll take legal action against people with songs stuck in their heads. So there. Uh, back to you, Dan. Thank you, Matt. This is Dan Buckles. When news breaks in, we break out. And now, a word from our sponsor. First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm. I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, 
Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Code Blue, and caffeine-free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Code Blue with caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with the taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke, it's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. Joe List is a stand-up comedian who headlines comedy clubs all over the country, and he's on the road, oh, most weekends every year, so you have a chance to catch him somewhere around the country. And here now is our conversation with Joe List. Great, great. And uh, to that end, I have absolutely no idea what we talked about last time when I interviewed you. Um, I know it's been a while. It might have even been for Cincinnati, actually, that I uh, interviewed you for. But uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's been a couple of years. So uh, I guess what the best place to start is uh, what's new with you uh, these days? Uh, not too much. I mean, similar. I don't know when we talk, but probably pretty similar. I'm just on the road and uh, a, lot of, a lot of road stuff and stand-up. So it's pretty much the same thing. Nothing else really going on I just a straight road stand up but a lot more of it and it feels pretty good the act coming along I feel pretty good about it that's cool. Yeah, you are uh, highly regarded in the uh, stand-up uh, community. At least I know with the guys here in Cincinnati, you're, you, I guess you would say what we call a comedian's comedian. Um, oh, that actually feels good. Yeah, yeah, because uh, everyone always looks forward to you coming here uh, to go bananas. So, um, and you've have you been to Minneapolis before? I've been in Minneapolis a bunch, but I've never um, headlined Acme. I've uh-huh. done uh, last time I was there. I did uh, the joke joint in St. Paul. Oh, that's right. And then I was featured there a bunch of years ago for uh, Tommy John again, I think, and uh, Nick DiPaolo a couple times. But okay. I've never actually headlined the club, so I'm looking forward to it. All righty, cool. Yeah, um, I think the joke joint uh, finally went out of business. Actually, yeah, uh, but that makes sense because I was there two years ago, and it was. Uh, not well attended. Yeah, I guess they really. they moved, and then the new location didn't work out too well. But they still have the two big uh, clubs there in town, so uh, that's working out. So uh, uh, you're concentrating fully on on stand up then? Are there any other like projects taking up your time or anything like that that uh, that you channel your comedy into? Not too much. I mean, I do my podcast every week, and that's that's uh, something that we do. I do with Mark Norman Tuesdays with Stories. Okay, we do that every week. We actually just recorded two episodes. So that's something that we put a lot of time into that. But uh, And then I kind of developed a show with a friend of mine, and eventually we're going to try to pitch that. It's not quite there yet, but that'll be something at some point. But other than that, it's mostly just stand-up. Okay. Stand-up and podcast. There you go. And uh, I know Mark's been on our show, actually, probably about a year ago. Uh, what's your podcast about? It's called Tuesdays with Stories, and we've been doing it for about six years. It's basically, we get together, and we essentially we just talk about what we did the previous weekend. Oh, neat. Um, and then we digress a lot. It's basically a tribute to sort of George and Jerry from Seinfeld. It's a lot of that kind of <laughs> stuff. And the conversation, like I said, a lot filthier. Um, it's a lot of digression and chit-chatting and then going through comedy and we'll go into movies, sex and whatever, whatever, whatever kind of pops up. It's very free form. So. That's cool. And does it help uh, either or both of you generate stuff for the stage? We were talking to Ryan Sickler last week, and he said his podcast has been amazing for that. But I know a lot of folks are like, no, they're it's two separate animals usually. Sometimes there'll be some crossover. but Yeah, I think I'm more in that 
second category. Every once in a while, I'll say something that I'm like, that could be a bit. Or I'll be like, someone will even email me or tweet at me and be like, hey, that's really funny. And I'll be like, it'll, it'll feel like it does well in the moment and they'll become a bit. But for the most part, it's different. It's much jokey and more stories and just kind of crazy, crazy stuff. So it doesn't really, there's not too much crossover, but every once in a while. And uh, for, for folks who may have seen you in you know, limited bits and pieces here across the internet, so what uh, what do you talk about on stage these days? Like, what's a full show of Joe List like when you get to you know stretch your legs for forty five minutes or so? Is it uh, longer form bits? Is it more you know just jokes, uh, joke after joke, or how's that? What's the kind? What's kind of the breakdown there? It's sort of longer form. I think there's a lot of stories in there. I mean, it's a lot of travel stuff. There's some little one liners, some longer stories, and then just kind of regular. Bit, bit, a little bit of everything, but it's it's a lot of jokes. There's not a lot of like the, the stories are very jokey. I don't do a lot of long. I'm desperate for laughs up there, so <laughs> punchline every as, as many as I can get in there. Okay, I, I think it's I think it's joke heavy for sure. Oh, cool. So, uh, since you concentrate so much on stand-up and are doing it so often, is there a lot of turnover in the act, or do you kind of refine, you know, what you have there once you latch on to like a solid bit and kind of and keep working that over, or how does that work? I think that I have a lot of turnover. There's less than some people, but more than most, I think. Um, I just did Tampa this past weekend, and I was there last May, and most of the audience was like, we hadn't heard any of that stuff. So I do about 45 minutes on the road, 40, 48, between 45 and 50. So I try to do about 45 minutes or so a year. So there's quite a bit of turnover, I think. Um, but just because you get tired. I mean, I do so many steps in New York. I'm on the road so much. It's not like I'm trying to do a new hour every year. It's just like you kind of get tired of your jokes and a lot of stuff happens, and so the new stuff just kind of comes. Is there ever a case where something happens and you, you pull up an old bit and go, oh, you know, something you're walking around town, maybe you're walking around Tampa and thinking like, oh, that this that thing happened a couple of years ago and I, was, and I used to do joke about it, and do you ever bring things back like that, or is the train always moving oh, forward? definitely. Okay. Definitely, yeah. Well, the stuff that you just like, someone will remind you of a bit, they'll be like, remember that bit you used to do? And you go, oh yeah, and they realize it wasn't on a special or an album or anything. You go, man, I, I gotta bring that back. And uh, that definitely happens. Like, and it feels new again. Or sometimes it's like, I did it three weeks, and then just completely lost track of it, because you're, you know, you're doing different things, and then you go, hey, what the hell, I'll try this one again. So is that uh, muscle constantly in motion to, 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 to find new bits, like you are, you would you say you're more, since you're doing stand-up, you know, probably more often than a lot of people maybe who are maybe working on other things simultaneously, is that muscle, like, you know, you're tuned in to things as you're walking around and uh, either at home or on the road to, to kind of find funny things that are happening? Yeah, quite a bit, but mine is not, it's not constant for me because I turn it off a lot. I have to turn it off and on. Like, there's definitely times where I'm, like, on vacation or hiking or swimming or whatever, hanging out with my family where I just have it completely off. And then I'll go, all right, it's been a while. Let me try to write. Let me sit down. I'll listen to that. Because some people will just have it going all the time. And uh, I find it a little insufferable sometimes. So, And it, it's too exhausting on the mind. So you, I just take breaks and I'll go back in and go, all right, it's time to write some new stuff. And I can usually get something going. With, when I put the effort in, I can usually figure something out to try on stage. And so you mentioned uh, hiking and things like that. What kind of things do you do when you're off duty to kind of uh, disconnect? I try to do, yeah, I try to do outdoors, especially in the summer. I'll go to the beach or uh, or hike, go to the park. I'll set up a lot of Central Park hangs with comics where we get, I'll get 10, 15, 20 comics together, 30, put around. 
and kind of just sit in the park, throw the frisbee around and hang out. I go to a lot of sporting events wherever I can, concerts, I'm a big concert guy. Oh, yeah? Um, and it's good to get those activities in to kind of produce material. So what kind of music do you like? What kind of music do you like? I'm a big, like, classic rock, rock and roll guy. I've seen Pearl Jam 42 times. Right now I'm obsessed with Brandi Carlisle. I'm going to see the garden soon. I've seen her, like, three or four times now. I'm listening to her the most. But I get into blues and jazz as well, but mostly classic rock. The Stones. Uh, I'm a big Tom Petty guy, Pearl Jam. You've, uh, uh, you know Stephen Wright's uh, Stones joke? What is it? My, my favorite Stephen Wright joke is, The Stones, I love them. See them whenever I can in the audience cheers. Fred and Wilma. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're big concert goers, too, so I was just kind of curious. It's been a big concert summer uh, for us, actually. And, uh, and oh, nice. more to come. We're going to one tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, uh, my daughter and I. So, oh, no. yeah. What are you seeing tomorrow? We're seeing The Regrets. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then uh, we saw Vampire Weekend a couple of months. My wife and I are probably going to travel to, she's desperate to see them again. We're probably going to travel to Denver and try to see them at Red Rocks. So we're trying to oh, figure out nice. how to oh, get that's, that. That's a great venue. We've never been. We know it because um, you know we're way older than you probably. We know it from uh, originally from the U2 concert that was there uh, live at Red Rocks. And never since I was yeah. in high school, I always thought that'd be a great place to see a concert. So, and and that, but the, the the band to see uh, there probably would be Vampire Weekend. Worth it, figure so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually there this weekend. I'm in uh, I'm in Denver. And oh, I neat. go to Red Rocks to hike and hang out. Oh, cool. That's yeah. Awesome. My wife's. Have you been to Denver before? I, I reckon you have. Uh, yeah, I was just there last. Uh, I forget when it was. I was there once. June, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I was there once for a company I worked for at a conference there. But my wife's all freaked out about uh, not being able to adjust to the uh, to the high altitude, and we're gonna have to walk, of course, from the parking lot of, of Red Rocks up to the actual stage area. And she's worried it's gonna leave her winded, and she's gonna be too sick to enjoy the show. But I think, nah, we'll, we'll, you'll be fine. I mean, not like we're running marathons. I don't think it's too bad. No, yeah, it's, it's you'll notice it, but it's not it's not anything crazy. You kind of just go, oh, this is different yeah you're gonna remind yourself to me it's more like i always feel like i'm like am i like sick or something like oh no no i just have it's nothing it's subtle yeah that's what i thought too yeah yeah because we were i was just downtown i didn't actually go out into the mountains or anything but um and boy speaking of walking in minneapolis i don't know how much you've hung around we were just there uh for four days recently and as i always tell people uh before then the only time I'd ever been to Minneapolis was twice for an hour in the airport. But uh, my, uh, even though I write for the paper there, it's weird. But uh, my nephew got married, so we spent four days there. Shocked how many people like to walk around and bike and everything there. It's crazy. They have huge parks. They have separate bike and walking paths. They were packed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's a great city. It's one of those cities. I think it's, it's so cold and so snowy for so long. Yes. And when you get summer, they just live. You know, exactly. And uh, my editor, I wrote her and said, hey, we need some advice on things. And she, and the last thing she put in her email was, safety tip, uh, when you're walking around, watch for bikes everywhere because they don't stop. And I realized what she meant because here in Cincinnati, uh, we have paths, but bikes are on the left, people are on the right. And in Minneapolis, it's separate bike paths, separate walking, and they crisscross. So you have to watch if you're crossing a path, otherwise you get yourself run over. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I love that city. Cool. And so where are you based now? You're in New York City? I'm in New York. Okay. Yeah. So are you running around doing a lot of shows, doing the New York thing, or are you get more so on the road nowadays? I mean, I'm on the road, like, 
a lot of the time, but when I'm in New York, I run around. Like tonight, I have four sets. I'm running around the cellar and New York Comedy Club and the stands. Those are like my main. Oh wow! Here. Cool. So yeah, definitely hustling when I'm here for sure. Yeah, trying new stuff or just getting stuff ready for the road or what's a mixed bag? Yeah, usually it's new. In the city, more new. So yeah, try to get it ready for the road for sure. Yeah, and I can't. Where are you from originally? I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up in Whitman, Massachusetts. That's I right. Started in Boston. Okay, that's cool. So, who, like, who started like with you? What was your? Who are your guys? As Marin would say, a lot More of gals. those guys uh, are still in Boston. Uh, they're not. They never really left. Like um, those guys, like named Tom Dustin and Mike Whitman. Oh yeah, and Alvin Davis. Those guys are still there. And then the guys that kind of left are around. Uh, Mike Kaplan. I okay. Kind of started right on the same yeah, yeah. time in Boston. Okay. Shane Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane's been um, on the show. Just a little bit after me. Um, he started in Boston. I think he might have started in Minnesota or Wisconsin, but then he moved to Boston. I think he started in Boston, actually. Okay. Um, so he was kind of with me. And then I kind of came up with all those same old guys that have been there forever. Don Gavin, Mike Donovan, and Lenny Clark, and Tony V, all those guys. Okay. They were always around. And I think we probably covered this last time, but I'm curious for people who are listening now. You were a funny kid growing up, and or, or and people said you should be on a stage, or were you interested in comedy like from an early age, or how, how did that come about? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was always shy. I was super shy when I was a kid. And then in like high school, I started to kind of come around and come out of my shell. It was funny then. I was kind of quietly funny with friends and stuff. And then that kind of became my identity was like, I'll be the funny, crazy guy. And uh, it was definitely something I wanted to do. People were like, yeah, I think you could do that. So when did you finally work up the nerve to tell jokes in front of strangers? I started pretty shortly after high school. I started in October 2000. I graduated in June, and then I kind of lingered around doing nothing for a little bit. And then I started in October. I knew I had to. I, I always wanted to do it. And I just, it was one of those things where I was like, i got to start doing it. If I don't do it, I won't do it. And so, did, was it? Because I know some folks it, they say it, it you know, takes a long time to find their their, their comedy voice. Did you kind of have an indication early on, or was it a case too where you know you had to kind of find your footing? I think so. Like I, I felt like I was pretty good right off the bat. Like looking back, I watch myself now. I'd be like, oh, that sucked. I think of my jokes from when I was eighteen and nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one, and they weren't good. But I look at them now. But at the time. I was doing well. Like pretty, pretty soon out of the gate, I was doing pretty good. I was like a pretty good new young comic. Did um, it felt like, I mean, it, it took a long time to get actually good, like 10, 15 years. Even now, I feel like I'm like, now I'm taking another corner. But at the time, relative to the other people that were doing it as long as I had been doing it, I felt like I was one of the best a year in. Both of the people that are at a, a year in, you know. Yeah, it, it seems like with any artist, you always look back and go, when you first started or even five, four or five years ago, you think, oh my gosh, that was, you know, th- th- terrible, and then I'm so much better now, and then in five years from now, you'd be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so much different than I was then. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, d- uh, have you recorded any albums? Yeah, I have two albums. I uh, thought so. One from 2010, and then one from, I think, two years ago, uh, 2016. It's called Are You Mad At Me? The one from 2010 is called... So far, no good. And that one I'm not so proud of. It's like, it's okay, it's not great. And then the one I did a few years ago, three years ago, i really happy with. I really like it. I think it's good. Oh, cool. I'll have to point people in that direction. Plans for a, a new one? Yeah, I'm right now I'm trying to figure out. Actually, I'm in that early stage of figuring out when I'm going to record it and where. But it's definitely ready and it's something that I want to do now. 
Cool. And I imagine touring so much with so much material is probably going to be difficult to kind of, you know, pick out. I mean, is there some stuff that, like, do you think when you're making an album, because I've always come, kind of been curious about this, do you think stuff lends itself better to be on an album versus stuff that you really have to be in the room and see the facial expressions and kind of have that connection to? Oh, there's definitely bits that you're like, oh, this is purely visual. I can't even put this on an album. There's a few bits like that, but I don't have too many bits like that, but... Yeah, some most of my stuff I think translates to album pretty well because it's 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 jokes. I'm a, a joke guy, so sure. for the most part, I think it's pretty album friendly. Cool. And you mentioned you were a sports fan. I take all the typical Boston New England teams. Is that? Can I? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm a big sports guy. Boston all across the board. Yeah. There you go. All right. So uh, it, it, it's weird, like you know, when people move, that they can sometimes you know change affiliations. But uh, I've never understood that. <laughs> no, I think that's psychotic. <laughs> no, I'm like, as a New Englander, that's like, that's uh, uh, sacrilegious or whatever you say. That's, yeah. like, that's crazy to me. Oh, especially, like, yeah. That. Like, are you still a Red Sox fan? I'm like, like New England will say that. Yeah, I'm going to be crazy. Well, like we were just up in Minnesota. We've lived here longer than we've lived anywhere here in Cincinnati. But the people in Minnesota were like, oh, so you're, you're Reds fans. We're like, no, we're Indians fans. We're from Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? No, yeah. Oh, Cleveland looks good right now, too. Yeah, but I know of, you know, a buddy of mine, he's still a, a Pittsburgh guy at his core, but he's roots just as hard for the Nationals and all the D.C. teams because he's lived there for, you know, longer than I've lived here. But I'm like, I can't do it. I've got my five teams, and that's it. <laughs> There's no change in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, that's man. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time and all, and uh, this will be in print uh, and online when you're up there in Minneapolis, and uh, the podcast awesome. will drop in a couple weeks. We'll, we'll promote yours and link to, to your guys' show, too. And, uh, yeah, it's just, this has been a, been a great chat. Sounds good. I appreciate right. it. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Cool. Thank See you. you next time in Cincinnati, Joe. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to Joe List for being on the show. You can catch Joe List. Let me see here. Well, actually, just go to ComedianJoeList.com. Then you can find uh, his Netflix special. You can find uh, his TV credits, where he's going to be, and uh, all the other things that he is involved in. So, again, it's ComedianJoeList.com. We're running a little behind this week, so we're going to jump right to the song of the week, and we're going to go into the archives for this one, too. We saw Stray Cats this week, 40th anniversary tour, and it was amazing. Just Just those three cats, as it were, on stage. No backing help, no extra guitar. None of that stuff. No backing vocalist, just uh, Lee Rocker, uh, Slim Jim Phantom, and of course Brian Setzer. And it was a great show. Uh, again, the 40th anniversary. Nice spread of uh, old tunes. They did about five songs from their new album called 40. Um, but we're going to hear a tune from uh, an earlier album. I believe it's from the album entitled Stray Cats from the first album. And it was a hit over in Britain. Not as widely known here. And it was kind of strange because it was, um, spoiler alert, it was the uh, the final song of the encore. And uh, the song before they left the stage uh, the first time was Rock This Town, which of course is appropriate. And they came out and did two more tracks. And then they did... Uh, uh, Rumble and Brighton, and the crowd was kind of like, I don't know, old and fuddy-duddy-ish, I would say, maybe, but uh, Liza and I, of course, love Rumble and Brighton, and uh, so we were, like, really into it, but the crowd didn't seem, you know, they should have been shouting along and Rumble and Brighton tonight, but they weren't, so anyway, uh, great show, uh, the crowd did have a good time, of course, uh, the, the straight cats are amazing, still flying around the stage, climbing on Lee Rocker's base, it was nuts, so anyway, here we go, it's uh, from 1980. I want to say one or two. Anyway, it's Rumble and Brighton, Stray Cat Song of the Week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening.
Solo que verdad 